just make your food a fresh At Taco Bell, Taco Bell Can you feel your taste buds tingle? Taco Bell, Taco Bell Why just make you a burrito Or a tasty and chorito Just Everybody, this is Timmy Time of the Bat Fan Revolution Podcast. This is episode number seventy-eight. This podcast is brought you, brought to you by the Batman Universe Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Network <laughs> Podcast Network. Uh, good, get com- it good comeback from last week's or last episode. Yeah, <laughs> you fumbled all over the intro and got our name wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because because I didn't want to like, I didn't want to get a, get us kicked off of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. You know. Well, I think you said it like within 10 to 15 seconds and we got a minute, so you should be good. Oh, okay. Okay, good. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because, you know, I know how Dustin always listens, listens to this podcast because, you know, this is his, this is actually his favorite podcast. I don't know if you know that, Tim. Oh, yeah, this is the only reason the BatmanUniverse.net is still out. <laughs> Tell me to start podcasts. Everything else is just a bonus. <laughs> no, no, no way, no way. Talk um, about an overstatement. <laughs> <laughs> No way. No, I mean, I don't think anybody listens to this podcast besides like our regular emailers, mm-hmm. and I don't think Dustin really cares what we say on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and we're definitely not the reason why the BatmanUniverse.net is still active. I guess. <laughs> oh come on! Pretty soon, it's just going to change to the Batfans Universe. <laughs> yeah, the Batfans Universe Podcast Network. Yeah. So we're gonna take we're gonna take it over. We're gonna. Um, we're gonna uh maybe that's part of the revolution <laughs> oh yeah you're right or as uh stephen colbert said a revolution is a 360 degree turn or something back to where you came from or back to where you, from where you started or something so did we bring revolution in in about a year yes we did <laughs> we, we ended up where we began well, if that's the case, uh, I think we'd be uh, bringing back uh, Gotham Knights Online because that's technically that's where it all began for us. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that site really couldn't run without us. Yeah, not too long afterwards, it went. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll toot our horn on that front, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess, we, well, we can. We can because we were right. <laughs> and since it's not there anymore, it's kind of accurate. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's enough on negative, uh, negative talk about past things Tim. we're looking forward to positive things man i'm really stuffed up today man <laughs> i don't know i don't know what's wrong with me i think uh something must have got on my nose <laughs> something in your coffee that you're drinking yeah or, i don't know but was, anyway <laughs> yeah enough about like, i was just gonna say i was a little sniffling up right now too <laughs> I, I did one sneeze and then like my nose is like I got I got a bunch of tissues out here because it's running a little bit and I was sniffling and all that so let's move on from our troubled nostrils. <laughs> Hopefully troubled we don't nostrils. be sniffing too much during the podcast and everyone will be thinking, man, are they on drugs or something? <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be our new name, uh, uh, Bad Fans Troubled Nostrils. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on the list for next year. Yeah. <laughs> A list of candidates for yeah. new name, but um, let's get to our Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary thing stuff. Um, 
this episode we're going from minute 32 to 33 so we're making progress we're on the second minute of the 30th the 30th part of the first hour i don't know <laughs> there, you go. <laughs> there we go i guess i nailed that um uh so tim are you ready i'm ready to do it all right so just cue up your your beta tape or your hd dvd or your uh pr- projection machine or your um your vhs vhs tape of uh, dark Knight rises and just scroll it all the way to the 32 minute mark and i'm gonna give the countdown so tim are you ready i already asked you that but i'll say answer yes yeah let's begin (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh three two one hit play and well bruce just made a great u-turn right there (laughs) (laughs) for behind one busted leg up you realize in san diego you can't make a turn like that oh really yeah did you experience that the hard way (laughs) in your trip there yeah i got pulled over (laughs) (laughs) but the cop was nice he didn't give me a ticket he just gave me a warning, so. I will say, I do love how Bruce just turns off everyone's cameras there. I'm sure every yeah. uh, big celebrity wish they had that. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's that EMP uh, technology thing. Yep. <laughs> There's uh, Miranda Tate, her second uh, appearance in this film. <laughs> and everyone's, these are supposed to be these fancy, fancy costume parties, but they're not as good as this, like, regular costume parties that people put dress up as like their favorite superhero or a comic book character or movie character. <laughs> All you have is these cheap little masks. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was about to say. My commentary on high class society costume parties. <laughs> Not as good as regular ones. <laughs> yeah, no, see people are mad now because we wasted our time talking about getting pulled over in yeah. San Diego and <laughs> costume parties. Hey, I guarantee you no one else brought that up during a commentary for Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> no, you're probably right. You are probably right. And nobody's doing it minute by minute. I mean, there's some diehard Batman fans out there, but not as hardcore as us. Now, this is how you prove it right here. This is how you prove it. <laughs> you commit your life to doing it minute by minute. Yes, because it is going to take a lifetime to get through the whole <laughs> Oh, man. I... I wish we had like a mathematician that that listens to this podcast so we could figure out how much, uh, how long it'll actually take us to finish the whole movie. Yeah. Minute by minute, <laughs> every know. two weeks. But if Alex, Corbin, Mike, or Mark want to attempt that, go and let us know. We'd appreciate that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure they have nothing else better to do while they're listening to our podcast than to figure out <laughs> that information. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, what's his name? Mike. He uh, he lives in Australia, so there's nothing really to do down there except avoid deadly animals. <laughs> yeah, which so, we'll do later in his email. <laughs> yeah, and there's no uh, there's no Taco Bell's in Australia, so oh, he doesn't have that to do either. That's got to be the biggest deterrent to move to Australia. No Taco Bell. <laughs> um, but Tim, why don't you tell people about our future topic? Okay, so for this episode, our future topic is going to be Legacy of the Dark Knight Trilogy. Now, lately, something's been bugging me. This is what set this whole thing up, because I don't know about you, Dan, but lately I've been seeing more negative comments and discussions about the Dark Knight Trilogy in whole than I've ever had before. It's kind of like, I don't know, almost in a way where it's almost cool now to say, oh, I don't like the Dark Knight Trilogy, or it's not really a Batman movie, or it's too realistic, all that type of stuff. And I'm sure you get 
when Dink Dark Knight Rises came out, we all know that split was split as an opinion as far as uh, what people thought of it or now. But now it seems like the whole trilogy is getting lumped in there as far as just not being well received as I think as it used to be. And that's kind of surprising me. So like, man, what happened? <laughs> Especially Batman Begins the Dark Knight. It's, it's held in such high regard. I know it still is for the most part, but just lately, this past few months or so, I've been seeing more negative comments about it. So it just got me thinking, um, like, how is it going to be remembered like decades from now when we get a lot more superhero movies? We get DC Cinematic Universe. And who knows, years down the line, we get another rebooted dc cinematic universe later so like wow is the dark knight trilogy going to be remembered years from now but this is the first thought dane have you been noticing that as far as more negative stuff towards it because i don't know if it's just me but yeah lately every time i see it it's kind of have to watch out where it's like oh this person going to be negative towards it or this comic going to be positive towards it where before it's like you mentioned dark the dark knight batman begins like automatically you knew it was probably going to be more like positive comments about it but i don't know what have you noticed about it Nothing really except for like that odd comment on the website or on a website. You know, it's like, oh man, the Nolan trilogy sucks. And it's like, oh, okay, whatever. But most people are positive. So um, do, do you have any examples of this? Yeah, just some random tweets that I would see. Like, um, like for instance, when uh, stuff about uh, Jared Leto's Joker is coming out and you see like, oh, like he's going to do a good job. And you, I'd see more things like, Oh, it'll be better than Heath Ledger's. You know what? Heath Ledger's performance was overrated. And then this is even on certain podcasts here, like you hear people say, "Oh, like the the Dark Knight trilogy is horrible," and like it's not really my version of Batman. Or like that's another thing. A lot of people compare that's not really bad. There's hardly any um, in those movies. You don't get too much of like Batman's history or like uh, his story. And that we're in, that's probably the best told of <laughs> Batman Begins, especially Dark Knight the best aspects of Batman were taken and put into that movie. So I don't get that whole um, reasoning as far as like these movies aren't really Batman films because they barely take anything from the source material about it. So it's like, I don't know. Just, I just, I guess for this discussion, the legacy of it, I'm not so confident it's going to be remembered as fondly as it used to be. I know for me, it will be, that's for sure. But down the line, cause I get a, a feeling that once DC kicks off their whole movie universe, and we get uh, Ben Affleck's Batman, and who knows <laughs> once that's done, what other new Batman's going to come. Those seem to be more comic, or at least anyway, like more comic book accurate as far as his costumes. That I would think probably being a little more um, not so ground to reality, like Nolan's film world, what f- Nolan's films were, and have more maybe fantastical villains or situation for Batman to put put in. Because obviously he's going to be dealing with aliens and Batman be Superman, but Superman obviously. So just that in general, I think that's going to be. I guess people more looking for a comic accurate Batman will be uh, more happy with those movies coming down the line and what's next. Because I just think it's the Nolan trilogy is getting a bad rap lately for being too realistic when I think it's just for a version of Batman, that's as good as you're going to get as far as one where it's just like street level crime in the city in which there are tons of Batman comic stories based on where it's just that. And I think those movies are going to do it the best. And until proven otherwise, those are still going to be held as a standard for Batman films. But yeah, just wondering years from now, is it still going to be looked upon that way? Because we're going to be getting tons more. And I just hope it still gets recognized as for the revolutionary job it did in comic book movies in general, not just Batman. They're just taking it to another level and being taken seriously. And then I feel sometimes that gets looked down upon where people, maybe how more popular the Marvel films are getting and they're not as too serious. There's more uh, fun oriented while still having a serious tone, but not much as a dark Knight trilogy. And I think that gets looked down upon. And I know we talked about this with 
the Aquaman picture revealed how a lot of people were concerned how it's too dark, there's going to be no joy in these movies, and so like that has a concern with those movies and the Dark Knight trilogy it had that, so it's like people don't look at that fondly anymore as far as how serious and dark it was, which for a Batman film was perfect. So I don't know, that's like 50 years or so down the line, is it still going to be remembered for being the revolutionary films that they were for Batman and just superheroes in general? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope it does, but I don't think what you were saying is the actual problem about, you know, it being too serious and, you know, it's not close to the comics or whatever. Mm. I think the problem with these people that are complaining about it or uh, bashing it or whatever is that they don't – let's see, what's the nicest way to put this? <laughs> <laughs> um, they forget what where they came from kind of. You know, because I don't know about you. I mean, I, I feel that we both feel the same way about Batman Begins and Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. But um, those movies were a huge breath of fresh air for oh, yeah. the Batman franchise. And I remember I remember sitting in the theater and after, you know, Batman Begins was finished being like, wow, they nailed it. They they got it. They got me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think people forget that feeling, and it's the same thing with The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. I think people for, forgot that because we have Ben Affleck and we have Aquaman and we have, you know, Wonder Woman and so on and so forth coming to the, the DC movie universe. I think people forget that, you know, the Batman franchise, the the, the DC universe franchise was was dead for a long time in the oh, movie yeah. business. <laughs> it was dead. And people forget about that. And, it, I mean, you kind of see that with, like, when 89 came out, people started bashing the, the Adam West 66 show. And then when uh, Batman Begins came out, people started bashing on the Tim Burton 89 Batman yeah, show. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, I think it's just, you know, kind of kind of generational. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a given that the, the previous Batman franchise or Batman movies are going to get bashed. And it's it's really unfair because you know Batman, the 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 Dark Knight trilogy is a is a great trilogy of movies, and you know Tim Burton's ones were good, and if if it's your thing, the Adam West stuff was good, you know. So I just think people forget about where they come from, kind of like Leonard Nimoy, because you know. I haven't really thought about Leonard Nimoy until he passed away, unfortunately, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, man, yeah, he, you know, he was good in the J.J. The Abrams Star Trek. He was good in the, you know, the original Star Trek trilogy. And and he was awesome on The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. And you totally forget about that. I mean, you totally forget about that until the person passes away. And it's like, oh, man, that guy really did a lot, you know? It really did a lot. It's, it, it's sort of like that kind of thinking, uh, you know, for me. You know, when it comes to this this sort of controversy about the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, that's a really good point that you mentioned as far as like every time there's a new iteration of a Batman film, the last one kind of like looks down upon, like you said. And like you said, it is kind of what's going on with this one. What I've been noticing, though, that might be a reason towards it, too, where I've seen it more now than I ever have with the upcoming Batman v Superman and Justice League and all that. Uh, like I said, it was I'm just worried about how it may get lost in the shuffle like years from now where if DC is successful with their movies like Marvel is and their whole shared universe, because I love what Marvel's doing and having the shared universe, and I want that for DC, and I think that would be the ultimate 
thing for DC movies to be all connected and getting great movies separate, but then an occasion they team up for a Justice League movie. I want that so bad because <laughs> it'd be awesome. But if majority of people invest in that, that's all they look for, and that's all they kind of view as the standard of superhero movies, that's where I kind of get worried. What if the Dark Knight trilogy kind of gets lost in the mix years down the line because it's own, it's, its own self-contained set of three movies that has no connections to any other DC characters and heroes and all that. I just kind of hope... Um, people at least I, I would think comic fans would but in general audiences too that it will still be held as like three great batman films regardless of being connected to any shared dc universe thing or not but yeah well yeah. i mean people forget that wow moment you know mm, yeah like, like seeing heath ledger for the first time as the joker i remember seeing it and being like oh my god that that's the joker right there yep. <laughs> and people forget about that so i mean it wouldn't surprise me if it you know unfortunately becomes a footnote in the batman franchise uh, i sure hope his performance does i mean to get yeah. an oscar to win an oscar for a portrayal of a comic book character is amazing and for heath ledger doing such a phenomenal job of break not not breakout but um just a an unbelievable performance like i'm using i'm running out of words to use to say how good his performance <laughs> was but yeah it's, i just really hope that's why it kind of bugs me where i'm seeing oh heath ledger's performance wasn't really that of the joker it was just like a a crazy villain and just happens to wear makeup and call himself the Joker. And I look at that, I was like, no, because when you see that interrogation scene, I remember seeing that for the very first time when I saw the Dark Knight, right. just thinking, man, that's the perfect Batman and Joker conversation and representation of the characters I've ever seen on a big screen in a movie. Like this is what I've been waiting for my whole life pretty much to see these two characters interact like this on screen. It's just, the reasoning that Joker was giving to Batman and how Batman treats Joker in, the de- in that interrogation room is like amazing. It's still probably my favorite Batman movie scene ever. I mean, just so good. That's why like, this disappoints me when I'm hearing, I, again, I don't want to stress this everyone, but just, like I said, more than usual, people's like just not saying it's, it's good anymore or that it's not really ba- a Batman movie or all that stuff. Or, and that's another thing too. I kind of, hear things not too much where like no one doesn't get batman or he's just using those characters to tell his own movies and it's like no but there's a lot of things he gets about batman and it's pretty much well represents itself on screen in the dark knight and batman begins and dark knight rises oh you got better understand i could understand more complaints with that as far as certain things that happen in that movie with bruce and batman what he decides to do but that's another topic but yeah and those movies like I got that feeling of this is the Batman I've been waiting to see for a long time on screen. So that's another thing I don't agree with when they hear like no one doesn't get the essence of the character of Batman because I think that's totally not true. Sure, he does a little things to make it his own, but the core of the character is still there, especially in The Dark Knight with him and the Joker. So yeah, ah, I'm getting fired up here. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, calm down, Tim. <laughs> calm down, but. The, the the whole sad thing about this is, you know, all these people that are saying, you know, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy isn't the Batman I wanted or it sucks in general, right? Mm-hmm. All those people, if everything that Warner Brothers does in the future sucks, they're, they're going to look back and be like, oh, my God, the Dark Knight trilogy is <laughs> they're going to start praising it. And that's the sad part about it is people are going to go back on the word if things don't work out with um with this uh with the new movies yeah you're probably right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if, like i said if ben affleck doesn't work for everybody i mean like you said they're probably just gonna go oh, 
we got to go back to Christian Bale or uh, even people who don't like Christian Bale go back to Michael Keaton. The people who don't like Michael Keaton go back to Adam West. So yeah, yeah. just a triple down effect. Yeah, I mean it's unfortunate and it's really it's really sad that you know all of this all of this is happening because I mean Christian Bale did a really good job. I'm oh. sure he wasn't the perfect uh, Bruce Wayne, but or Batman, <laughs> but he still nailed it. Nailed it. And so I get a, same thing with Christopher one. Nolan. I mean, he he made some mistakes, you know, but it it's it, it doesn't mean that the trilogy was bad, you know. Yeah, like I said, regarding Christian Bale, I mean, unless Ben Affleck blows it out of the water and does a great job, and unless proven otherwise, he's always going to be the top standard for live action Batman for me. I thought he was perfect. I know you and me disagree on his Bruce Wayne sometimes, but <laughs> for me, anyway, he's the, the best of both parts. But um, yeah. Another thing too was like how I said earlier how like Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises was split amongst fans their opinion of it. And I kind of feel it's almost kind of like reminds me a little bit of the Star Wars prequels where you, for the most, I know that's split too. And a lot of in the mainstream anyway, a lot of people view it. Most people view it. Oh, that's like the, the worst part of Star Wars is those prequels when Episode Three was like one of the best reviewed Star Wars films ever <laughs> and right. looked as one of the best films amongst fans. But just because it's in like a prequel it still gets lumped in with how people sometimes view episode one or two or whatever like they're all bad and it's kind of like that i feel with dark knight rises in a way too since that's the one that's divided most amongst fans since that's included in the dark knight trilogy it's kind of like if you don't like dark knight rises oh i automatically don't like the other two then which like uh no <laughs> it's like it's not like if you don't like it then it like ruins the other two movies i mean they're still there as like great movies so i don't get that reasoning either and i just that's what i kind of a feeling I have too, where it's like you don't like Dark Knight Rises, it kind of lumps Batman Begins and the Dark Knight into how you don't like the whole trilogy too, if that makes sense in a weird way. But I've been seeing stuff like that too. So I know getting a complaint about Dark Knight Rises and nothing new that's happened since the film was released, but I just feel like the other two are kind of getting brought in with that amongst fans. Maybe like they go back and watch them and they think, oh, you know what, this really isn't as good as like they used to be or I thought because of Dark Knight Rises. So. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if if you're going with that kind of thinking, it's really unfair for the um, other two movies mm-hmm. because it's like, yeah, maybe Dark Knight Rises wasn't the perfect movie and the perfect ending or the ending that you wanted, but it doesn't mean that Batman Begins and uh, Dark Knight were terrible movies. They're still, I mean... <laughs> It's like I said before, people forget, like like when The Dark Knight came out, I remember watching that movie and being so blown away by it. And I still feel that way today. Every time I watch that movie, I'm still blown away by it. And it, it, people forget about that. And it, it's it's really weird. You know, it's really weird that people forget about that kind of thing because, I mean, I, I'll never forget how, how I felt about that, you know. Yeah, uh, totally. Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. I want to uh, clarify something I was saying earlier about how if you watch Dark, people who don't like Dark Knight Rises and go back and not watch, not like Batman Begins or The Dark Knight anymore. Because uh, I've heard uh, some people saying, which I can understand, where because of how Dark Knight Rises ended and some of the uh, story points that happened there, they kind of look at The Dark Knight a little differently and Batman Begins in a different way. Maybe not as joined as much as like potential for what happens since Batman was. That's basically his only times he was Batman. Then at the end of Dark Knight Rises, and it kind of negates the possibility of like during those eight years, what 
kind of adventures or uh, cases and stuff he could have been on that we won't know about and other villains he could have crossed. But Dark Knight Rises kind of negates that, saying he's been retired for that long. And so I can kind of understand maybe be a little disappointed with that aspect, because I've heard some people say that, which I totally agree with, because that is a little bit disappointing. But the thing I'm saying is when you look back on those two and kind of think, oh, you know what, these really aren't that good of Batman movies anymore. The representation of Batman wasn't as good as I thought it would be. I just don't get how your opinion can change like that, because... Like, like we mentioned before, those are the pinnacle of Batman storytelling on the big screen. I know for for you and me at least. I mean, if you didn't like him from the get go, that's fine. But just I just sometimes don't get the change of opinions that they can have because those movies I put in high regard, like up there with Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, is like movies that most people you talk about the general consensus of yeah they're great. And I put the Dark Knight trilogy up with there. And for me, it always will be. But now it's like on a general consensus. I just don't get that anymore. The majority of it likes it. Yes, I get that. But as like a general consensus amongst all people, I don't feel as strongly as it used to be as far as that being the case where it's mainly all positive uh, reaction towards it. So I don't know. I guess, Dane, to kind of wrap up the conversation. <laughs> Before you years, get more mad. <laughs> yeah, 50 years from now, how do you think the Dark Knight trilogy is going to be looked, uh, remembered upon? I think it'll be like, you know, like how every once in a while there's a top 50 movies, best movies ever made. Mm. I think it's going to be on that list. I would definitely hope so. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> At yeah. least one of the movies. Yeah. And it's kind of like how, how, you know, like, I mean, how you see like, like geez, these random old movies that are always on the top of the list. I think Dark Knight, yeah. the Dark Knight trilogy is going to be up there. Yeah, but, not all of them, at least The Dark Knight, I would hope so. Yeah, but, you know, just kind of stepping back and taking a look at, at the whole argument that The Dark Knight trilogy isn't aren't Batman movies, that's the only thing that I agree with when, you know, these people say these kind of things. Because, yeah, you, you're right, they're not Batman movies. They're something, they're, they're more than Batman movies, and that's what makes them so great, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, trans. They're, they're they're not just Batman movies. Exactly, they transcend they're, they're, the comic book movie genre or Batman movie genre, while exactly. still maintaining the essence of what makes those stories great that we fell in love with in the first place. Yeah, exactly, and and that's the only thing I agree with when it comes to these people with these sort of opinions about the Dark Knight trilogy. The Dark Knight still got snubbed for that Best Picture nomination. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't think it was gonna win. It's always some weird. No, not, yeah, I would not expect it to win, but just to be nominated, I mean, that, that would have been a huge like, uh, like feather in the cap for comic book movies to have a movie nominated for best picture. Yeah, that, that really bugged me. This I don't know if you watched the Oscars, but so many knocks on superhero movies during that show was like, come on, especially when half of the presenters and nominees of actors and actresses <laughs> were in superhero movies, are going to be. It was like, the Academy needs to get off like their snobby ways are well i mean it it was because of that movie birdman right yeah have you seen and, the movie yeah i have because i've been hearing good things about it like, like yeah, i should probably check it out but then i heard the director's um, like totally against superhero movies and this movie was made to kind of point out how they're not good and all that so like you know what i don't think i want to see it now okay here's the thing about birdman I, i've seen the movie i've seen it twice actually once by myself and once me and my girl with me and my girlfriend but um Michael Keaton is great in it. He's a, he's a good actor. Everybody in that movie is great. Edward Norton is great. Um, you know, everybody's great. But it's the writing and the content of the movie. Because 
it's just a waste of time. It's it, it's about like rich actors that are complaining about little things. Okay. That's the whole movie. And Isn't it's, it kind of where like he can't move past like his role as Birdman? Like that's all he's remembered by. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh like, man, you know, I'm trying to do this serious thing now, and nobody's taking me seriously because I did this comic book movie, and you know these these actors don't get along, and it's like, oh my god, are you, you know what? It, you're just a waste of time. And I I like the performances. I don't like the movie. Gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of... Because yeah. I didn't know it was like that. I mean, I knew the basic premise of it, but then when I read more about the director and kind of his views on comic book movies, like, ah, oh, this movie's kind of like a way to bash the whole medium of that. And, like, that whole thing is, like, being, like, not taken seriously anymore because you're in a comic book movie. I think that's has to be going away pretty soon because all the biggest names in acting are being in comic book movies now like i said half of the presenters and nominees at this year's oscars were in were or are going to be in comic book movies and then you get these jokes by whoever's writing the oscars like saying how there's too many of them and that's all hollywood puts out now is our comic book superhero movies and all that stuff when that's where the studios are making all their money to finance whatever other dramas quote serious movies they want to put out so like Stop complaining about it. Just be thankful for it. <laughs> like you're getting all this money from these movies. Yeah, it's weird that Birdman won the, uh, what is it, Best Picture? Best, best, picture, best picture, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird that that movie won because I didn't, I mean, maybe it's one of those, like, uh, pretentious kind of snobby things, but yeah. I don't know. I just didn't feel like it deserved it, but I whatever. <laughs> We can go on a future comic on the Academy of uh, Motion yeah. Pictures and Sciences or whatever it's called. <laughs> but to finish this out, we got a few comments on our Facebook page, actually, from Rob and Mike. Oh, good. Rob put, it will be kind of like The Dark Knight Returns in the way the comic brought a much darker tone to not only Batman, but the DCU as a whole and a more serious way of telling stories. The Dark Knight trilogy, I think, has done the same. It shaped the way WB slash DC tells the movie stories and look and tone and sets a realism to the way that DC movie universe will work into future DC projects, TV also. It's kind of a test for the larger picture and bringing DC back to the movies again. And then Mike says, Batman 89 is my fave mainly because it was what I grew up with. So in 20 years, people will have the same nostalgic view um, for the Dark Knight trilogy. It will be the godfather for comic movies. <laughs> well, I'm glad they have more positive outlooks than I do right now. So <laughs> that makes me feel a little better. But yeah, is, uh, Rob made a good point. Is how like it paved the way for like dark and serious. Or see, yeah, dark and serious. But what I think is more important, just for these stories to be treated seriously. That's what I'm most thankful for, really. Not to just be, you know, how all just making it for kids and just people who not to tell good serious drama type stories that's what the dark knight trilogy did it told and you said it too it told a good drama story where it transcended just being a batman or comic book story so yeah and if if the dark knight was such a bad movie why why did so many people rip it off like jj abrams <laughs> with, the star, with the star trek into darkness and you know if it was such a bad movie why did these people rip it off exactly so yeah so even though I'm a little concerned right now, I'm still hopeful that 50 years down the line, it'll still 
be regarded as one of the best Batman movies ever made. I'm, I don't want to say the best because that means any future Batman movie we get down the line <laughs> not going to be that good. So I still hope for more good Batman movies later. So, I'll so you have to cover it. yourself. You exactly. have to cover yourself. Make sure you're all good so that in the future, future you will be safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, speaking of dark things, uh, Arkham Knight is rated M for mature, Tim. So nope, yeah, working at a GameStop, I told you those stories. <laughs> they try to come in, try so, to buy it. So if you, have you ever been in a situation where like a like a fifteen year old comes in and wants to get an M rated game and you have to be like, oh sorry, I can't sell this to you? Yeah, plenty of times. <laughs> really? So so what did you say? Like, I'm sorry, you can't buy this unless you have your parent with you. That's the only way I could sell it to you. Sometimes they come back with their yeah. parent, and their parent will be like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's fine. But a lot of the yeah. times, I never see those kids again coming to buy it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's rated M, so um, kids can't get it. Um, uh, I don't know why it's rated M. You know what? When I first saw this, I was kind of worried, like, ah, oh, why is it rated M? Is it just going to do a typical, like, just make it darker, more cuss words, and more, like, blood and gore and that type of stuff? But... When you read the interview with Rocksteady, um, uh, Seth, what's the guy's name? Seth Tonhill, I think the like, like producer or the main guy on yeah. Rocksteady, he made a quote saying like, it's not because of that. He specifically said it's not like we want to put more blood or more cursing into the game. It's specifically because of the story and pretty much one basic uh, few scenes or one plot point in the story that they actually got an email from Warner Brothers Interactive saying, hey, this may cause some trouble and it's probably going to get an M rating. And then uh, the producer was like, oh man, I was getting so nervous. Like, what am I going to do? This is like an important, such an important part of the story. I can't take it out. I won't take it out. And then I pretty much, he was like worried to send the email back saying, you know what? I'm not going to take it out. This is, this has to be in the game. And then pretty much all that resulted with that. Yeah. I got the M rating. So yeah, he says, I'm not blind to the fact that the M rating does mean some fans will mess up. I don't want to be oblivious to that fact. It would have been wrong to water down the game and deliver a story we didn't believe in to keep the game mass market or enable it for more people. We feel that's the wrong way to go about it. We said we love the story and we don't want to jeopardize that. Yeah, and I totally respect that. I mean, yeah. talking about like artistic integrity or whatever and wanting to tell a story you want to tell and, and not kind of change it. So, yeah, hats off to that. So I'm not concerned about it being M-rated just for the sake of being M-rated and trying to make it more... Uh, just violent or more mature for no reason. You know what makes me think of? You see that uh, Power Ranger fan film that came out not too long, like two weeks ago or something? Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing about that. All right, <laughs> this is from a non-Power Ranger fan. All right, so uh, this is going to be good. <laughs> um, I thought. I mean, I don't care about the Power Rangers and how, you know, their sort of theme or whatever. Mm. But it was just poorly written poorly choreographed um, fight scenes and terrible, terrible special effects. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it either. I mean, I grew up being a big Power Rangers fan. I mean, they're just... just I mean, I'm all for, like, they, they're planning a reboot for the movie anyway, supposedly in 2016. I'm all for, like, a more serious take on it where it's not as cheesy and campy. This took it to the over-the-top, like, being dark and violent and... Uh, gory just for the sake of doing it just 
for the extreme factor of it, it's like for shock value. Say, hey, look at your childhood characters who were so like cheesy and corny. Look at them now. They're all like mature and dark and all this stuff. And in a way, that made it just as cheesy as the original show was <laughs> in a totally different way, if that makes sense at all. But that's kind of what I'm talking about, where you make things dark and mature for the heck of it, just for shock value. And I'm just glad Arkham Knight's not doing that, but it's specifically for a story reason. But now I'm more intrigued for what, what that going to be like what's going to be so shocking and mature in this some portion of the game that's uh, made it get an m rating so it's more intriguing now to find out what's going to happen in this story yeah it's going to be uh all-star batman and robin uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the m rated game i was worried about <laughs> uh, but anyway um jared leto got a haircut his joker and haircut yes <laughs> everybody's going crazy on twitter over it I know, there were him and the director were kind of teasing, like, tomorrow, like, you're going to see something, and all it was was him getting a haircut. Like, oh, yeah. we're kind of hoping for, like, actual makeup and, like, yeah. a, a test shot or something, but... Yeah, and then his hairstyle is posted, like, a fake picture. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, but I will say the haircut he does have for the role, I mean, they are going for definitely more sleek-looking Joker <laughs> than we see with, like, Heath Ledger's and even Jack Nicholson's to a degree, so kind of... It's an interpretation of the Joker. I think it's gonna be pretty cool. It's more like a sleek, like uh, look where he's not as uh, I don't know what words he's like junky or uh, not well kept or whatever. How he was in the Dark Knight, but to have a more like sophisticated Joker, if you would, but at the same time still be crazy, wild and crazy Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, I mean, uh, yeah. Instead and... of having his hair all messed up, he's always like having it nice and neat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it looks good. Yeah, at least I think it does. Yeah, same here. I mean, there's some of the shots I see when, you know, how sites put side-by-side comparison shots. Uh, the one that I think is the closest to was uh, kind of the new Joker that uh, Greg Capullo is doing in the Endgame Batman story. It's kind of that type of haircut. In a way, it's a little more buzz cut on the sides, but the yeah. top of it's kind of that slick back look that he has. So. Yeah, it's like that weird old-timey British haircut. Yeah, like there was a shot weird. too that um, Jared Leto posted where his like eyebrows were all covered up too. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah, it's like just a shot from, from like the nose up, and you see like his eyebrows are kind of covered up in makeup in a way. That, like, is the Joker not gonna have eyebrows in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> or he's gonna have like the um, the Vulcan uh, eyebrows that like kind of kind of jet down? Yeah, like, <laughs> almost like a eyebrow type thing. Yeah. <laughs> How do you grow that? But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's uh, it's all over news. So, oh, were you gonna say something? Tim? No, I was just gonna say. Hopefully, I mean, we're getting these teases of his haircut and all this stuff. Hopefully, like an official look won't be too far down the line as far as what the Joker is gonna look like. Yeah. Um. So that's all of our all of our news for this episode. So we're gonna move on to our, our conversation with Alex slash listener feedback. Um. And of course, we're going to start off with Alex. And Alex says, "Hey, to me, time of the Bat Fan Revolution, Bat Fans Revolution. He he makes fans a plural. Is that correct, Tim? Oh, I always thought it was plural. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, he says, "I'm down for being a revolutioner. Let's do this. Take on the system, man. <laughs> I'll rob up the troops, troops, and wait. What exactly are we revolutionizing? <laughs> yeah, what are we revolutionizing?" Well, I think we made it clear in the opening of our intro now. We're going to take over the 
batmanuniverse.net as our um, oh yeah you're batmanspodcast.net. right <laughs> yeah 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 right so we're gonna take on take on the man uh, but he says geez louise I'm so sorry I, I know my emails are nerdy but I went too far with that Dragon Ball dub stuff <laughs> even the dialogue I touted as being superior sounded lame out of context. As much as we Bat fans love the I'm Vengeance speech, I know it would it would sound extremely lame to those who don't know a thing about Batman the Animated Series. Those poor, poor people. Yes, I pity anyone who has not seen that show. <laughs> there's a reason I keep all my geekdom to myself, and thankfully there's folks like you out there who perpetuate this hobby. I agree with Corbin on his stance on fantasy elements. Normally, I think it was odd to have a character like Clayface in the Batman universe. However, the writing and acting were so incredible in the Batman animated series episodes that I was completely absorbed in the story. In case any X-Men fans out there were offended by my criticism, I'm sorry. There was more to my email about how I love X-Men, but I cut it because I wrote so much. Furthermore, I mentioned being a huge fan in previous emails, so I didn't know it was necessary. I'm actually much more familiar with th- their storyline than I am with Batman. I was just making an observation after watching the live-action films. Please don't be angry with me. Anger leads to hate, and, <laughs> and, that, and that leads to suffering. Although, it could, <laughs> it could also lead to a bunch of other positive emotions, but you can't argue with the Jedi absolutes. If you do, then you better hide. And by hide, I mean... Stand a few feet away from them because their force senses are defective from that reach. Uh, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Need to instruct you more on the ways of the force and the dark side and how it clouds everything. <laughs> I saw the Aquaman picture and I thought he looked pretty darn good. I think they're doing a fantastic job translating these costumes to the big screen. It appears that they're going to be focusing on the mythology angle and mythology angle on these characters and creating practical reasons for these outfits two fins up from me uh, two, two fins up from me <laughs> the only costume that i'm worried about is batman because of how comic booky it looks however like the comics if you make them fall if you make me fall in love with the character i don't care what they wear you guys brought up the fan films and unfortunately i have to agree with you that nightwing series woof I'm sorry for all that hard. I'm sorry for all the hard work those people uh, put into their movies, but I can't watch them. However, I think those fight videos are fun because they don't require acting or writing, and it's just dudes busting each other up for a few minutes. And to end this apologetic email, I have to confess that I, I have to confess that I used to love Hawaiian pizza growing up. That's disgusting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we changed your opinion on it from the last few episodes with how awful it is. Well, you said I used to love, so I assume that's the past tense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's true. Okay, good, Alex. (laughs) I think it was the exclusivity factor, since all those I knew felt the same way you guys do about it. It was the same with Dr. Pepper. No one else liked it, so I made it my favorite soda. (laughs) I haven't had Dr. Pepper in a long time, but I always did like it. I should put that back on my uh, soda drinking menu. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Pepper. It kind of tastes like licorice. You think so? <laughs> I yeah. never got that sense. No. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just a weird me thing. Uh, but uh, um, Alex, of course, has some more questions for us, which is the best part of his emails. Uh, besides uh, Pokemon and Jedi's. 
<laughs> I don't think those are the best part of these. Either. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I, I said the plural wrong. Jedi. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want the Star Wars uh, continuity uh, or grammar please getting on us. <laughs> yeah. But his first question is, has a fictional character ever inspired you? inspired you to get into a hobby being a big bane fan as a child i used the panel from the vengeance of bane guide to do daily push-ups chin-ups crunches and meditation additionally i took up running and wearing wrist and ankle weights after watching goku's training in dragon ball tim did you do the same for dragon ball not for dragon ball really speaking of power rangers when i was into it as a kid it was first going on Actually, uh, wanted to like either do like like karate classes or gymnastic classes, or me, my brother, and a friend of ours actually went to like one <laughs> free day of like gymnastics training, and it was the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> it was like the instructor there was like pretty much like they were training you for the Olympic gold medal, <laughs> where you're just there for like testing it out just to see how it is. Like, oh man, they're really pushing you. <laughs> it was just so stupid. So. I did not I, pursue a gymnastics career because of Power Rangers after that, though. <laughs> I, I just can't imagine you doing gymnastics. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah, I should have even said I did them. I attempted to learn them and try to do them. <laughs> um, for me, not really. Uh, I can't really think of anything. Every time I see Bullock eat pizza, it makes me want pizza, so... I don't or know if donuts. that's uh, yeah. yeah, or donuts or something. I don't know if that counts, but that's uh, my answer. Uh, the second question is, being that back in the old days, there was a bunch of propaganda with... You know what, Tim, you read this email. I gotta blow my nose. Okay. <laughs> being that back in the old days, there was a bunch of propaganda with superheroes taking on our foes, such as in World War II, how much impact do you think it would have on our culture in the current era, say Batman taking down ISIS? Thanks, Alex. You know what? Nowadays, I think it's like stuff like that with ISIS and going on. It's a very sensitive subject. And for me personally, I would not want comic books in general to touch that because I would want to keep it separate from fictional stories to real like world problems that are going on right now, especially on the extreme of like the level of what ISIS is doing, which is, is awful. So it makes you think they really wish there were superheroes to take them down. But unfortunately, that is not the case. But um, it being a different time period with World War II, I know like reading those stories kind of helped the troops and morale. That's cool and all, but like I think it's a totally different era that we're living in now. And I, for me anyway, I would kind of think it might be inappropriate in a way to kind of mix those problems going on in the world into comic book stories like that. So I would think it's best that what they're doing kind of staying away from that type of storytelling. So that's just me though. I don't know. What do you feel about it, Dane? I wonder if um, you know like deployed troops. Uh, I wonder if they get they can get comic books. Oh yeah, I'm sure they can. It's stuff that gets sent home. Yeah, but it's not current, right? I yeah, I feel like current. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can oh, well, anyway. digitally. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, digitally. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's a really good idea, especially like with with all the terrible stuff that you know people do to each other nowadays. So yeah, I don't think it'll be. I don't think that's the right choice. And yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, we agree. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Alex, for your email. We always enjoy reading them. You always stump us on your questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks. We we uh, 
We love you very much, right, Tim? Yes, we do. Uh, but moving on to Zodiac. Um, <laughs> Zodiac says, uh, hey, guys, another great episode, and I love the cover picture. Where do you get these wonderful pictures? <laughs> sometimes I have tons of Batman pictures saved on my art drive, so I use those. But sometimes if I want to combine certain things like Batman and Star Wars, like our last picture, I just type Batman and Star Wars in on Google and see what comes <laughs> up. <laughs> that one came up. <laughs> Um, do you guys think this convergence story thing is a waste of time? I was really hoping that it would do a soft reset and fix a lot of new 52 things. This looks more like a time filler to satisfy people who want the old continuity brought back. I doubt anything will really change other than the new 52 symbol being taken off the book covers. I had a look at the covers and thought and had these thoughts. Son of Batman. Is this going to be a junior Superman Superman book with Damien coming to, ter- to terms with his powers? And what happened to Pete Tomasi? Yeah, Tim. What happened to Pete Tomasi? I don't think they've given a reason why he's not writing the new Damien book. Like I said, that's one of the books on the last one we're kind of concerned about since it's Patrick yeah. Gleason writer and artist on it. So I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully he's learned enough from uh, Pete Tomasi to <laughs> tell some good stories with Damien from working with him so long. Right. We are Robin was was exited for was excited for this because I thought it was going to be a team up book for Tim, Jason and Steph and even uh, Harper. This looks like a hey, kids, look, can anyone be Robin book? Do you agree with that, Tim? Uh, Unfortunately, just by the cover, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Batman Beyond was really excited to see that this was happening. But then I saw it was in uh, BTS universe and no Kyle Higgins. Yeah, I feel your pain there, Mike. <laughs> As I tweeted, I think Aquaman looks great. I don't get the people who who are having a problem with this with his look. He looks like a version of the nineties comic Aquaman. This is the one this is the one that I grew up with, so I think it's cool. Do people really think that if they did him as a white guy in a green and orange suit, the internet wouldn't have cru- crucified him? Is it just cool to hate on the DC and on DC and love everything that Marvel comes out with? At least they have comic book proportions. I thought that Captain America and Iron Man looked way too small on Avengers. Maybe they aren't eating enough. <laughs> really, I never noticed that. But now that he says it, when I watch him again, I'll probably pick up on that. Like, darn you, Mike! <laughs> now I think they look too small. Also, how is how is Arrow so popular if the DC universe is getting hate for being so dark? Season three has been so depressive in my opinion, but people love it. What is your thoughts on Oliver getting with Felicity or Laurel? Tim? Oh, I thought you were gonna finish the rest of the part, but <laughs> okay, I will. I, I'll do that and ask. I was against Felicity because I love the relationship Ollie and Dinah had in the book in the books but the way they did Laurel in the show made me really hate her character and boy does her black canary make me cringe I don't get it she was trained by Wildcat who is supposed to be one of the best fighters but she fights like a five year old swing <laughs> <at a> pinata <laughs> oh man kind of hard to argue that really I mean comparing her black canary to Sarah's black canary is like night and day <laughs> so but the whole thing with Felicity and Oliver I am so tired of that really <laughs> I don't know. I talked about it a few times. I don't remember if I said it actually on this podcast, but the whole Oliver Felicity romantic relationship I felt was just put in there for fan service because everyone online wanted to see that 
the Felicity and Oliver romance, and they figure, okay, let's make the fans happy. We'll put it in the season premiere episode, and then we'll be done with it. But no, it's still lingering on where that will they, won't they thing, and then Oliver can't be with her because he's a hero. He can never have time for love and all that. So it's like, ah. Yeah, yeah see, <laughs> no. that's the problem with that. That's the problem with that. They're going to be like, oh, I'm so in love with you, but I can't be with you because I'm Arrow. Yeah, but I agree, they, they, yeah. I, was, I agree with Mike's. Yeah, I agree with Mike's where you should be with Laurel because Green Arrow and Black Canary—that's where <laughs> that's like one of the more like prominent uh, romantic relationships in DC comics. So you kind of expect them to be together, and I think should be together. So that's that's why I think this whole Laurel—I mean uh, Felicity and Oliver thing—just a waste of time, just there for the fans when you know it's going to amount to nothing in the end. Yeah, you see, I think I think they should just do it already. They they should just have Felicity and. Uh, Ollie be together already because I'm sick of it like you are him yeah. <laughs> um, you know this whole stuff with um, with Adam it really isn't uh, really isn't doing it for me and I'm just yeah, like everybody's sick of it and let's just put Oliver with, with Felicity and just be done with it and uh, Laurel can just do her own thing and we're done with it <laughs> Speaking of Arrow, since we're on the subject, I gotta ask you: Are you caught up with the most recent episode? You see, here's the thing: I am burnt out on all DC uh, shows. Really? Just because yeah. of Arrow and Gotham? And I forget. Were you watching Flash? Or... Yeah, yeah, Flash, okay. Gotham, especially Gotham, because I feel like we've had nothing but filler. Yeah, I'm curious to see where what episode you left off on that one too. <laughs> um, what was it? I can't even remember, but yeah, I'm just burnt out on it, and it's really not my uh, not my thing. <laughs> yeah, Gotham, uh, they're doing too much and stuff in this short amount of time they have for an episode. There's like five different stories going on, and well, I don't know where you're at with the whole fish moon thing, but that's been some of the worst and stupidest things <laughs> I've seen on TV. That's whole and, thing with the doll maker who. That's it's so so stupid. His name, his actual real name is Doll Mocker. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh man, really? That's his name that's going to lead into Doll Maker? It's like, oh man, but it's just so, so bad what they're doing with her and her storyline. Uh, did you make of the part where she was on a boat, but then she got kidnapped by pirates and now she's being held captive? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I, I made it that far. And it's like, oh, I say, okay, you know. Why didn't you just write her out of the script for the rest of the season? Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't need to come to this. It's so and, bad. <laughs> and the thing with Gotham is they're introducing way too many characters yep. from the DC universe into the show, like the Graysons, like Joker, like um, Dollmaker. Yeah. So it's like, uh, and Scarecrow, or Scarecrow, Scarecrow's dad, or whatever. And it's, it's too much. Yeah, but this, like I said, the stuff with Gordon and Bullock and Bruce and the Penguin, I really still enjoy that stuff. But then you got other stuff going in there, like Fish Mooney and then Barbara, for some reason, still in the show. <laughs> and now she's like going to team up with Poison Ivy and Catwoman. Okay, so, yeah, no. no yeah, it's like, nah, please, no. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, they need to focus this on three basic, at the most, three storylines to focus on. But they haven't been doing that, and it's been suffering a little bit because of that. But how has um, Arrow been? Arrow, I've been mixed on because I don't know how far you're at, but the the storyline's been pretty good 
the last two episodes with because uh, the last one we had to go back to the island and uh, had to confront Slade, which is really cool. And then the last new episode, he tries to save Mark, Malcolm Merlin, who got uh, was taken in by the League of Assassins, was going to be executed by Ray Shal Ghul. All that stuff was cool, but here's the thing: the big cliffhanger for this last episode was that Ray Shal Ghul offers Oliver to take over the League of Assassins, just like he does Batman. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm fine with you taking certain Batman villains and doing taking little liberties here and putting your own spin on it. <laughs> but when you're just basically ripping off a classic Batman story with Rachel Ghoul, it's like, okay, I'm not on board with that. It's this almost showing that they're lazy where like they can't think of anything good on the like good just standalone green arrow or oliver queen stories are relying on this whole batman's relationship with rachel ghoul and it's like ah come on i was fine with the fight because it ended differently oliver pretty much got killed by him but now they're just basically taking the whole take over the like become my heir and take over the lead because you have proven yourself it's like no that's batman's thing (laughs) like kind of lost me a little bit there but i'm still gonna watch it of course but just that whole thing of just relying so much on Batman's storyline that just a little bit too much this season. Yeah, and all these shows right now are kind of reminding me of you know the Clone Wars with the when they used to have the all droid episodes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of reminds me of that. Uh forgot them in some era, yes, but for me Flash has been awesome. I don't think there's been really any filler with that. I, for the most part I think it's been really really good this whole season. Yeah, uh, cause cause I couldn't get get into it after the after the break. Hmm. Interesting. And I don't know if it's I'm just not getting it or something. But, <laughs> yeah, because uh, all of them that's definitely been the best. Flash has been awesome. Yeah, cause cause Andy's been going crazy over it on Twitter every time yeah. there's a new episode. So you know I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's my arrow rant, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Mike goes on to say. Oh, sorry. Zodiac goes on to say, I'm being optimistic for these new shows coming, especially after what uh, what happened with The Flash. Not sure about the Atom, who seems to be more Iron Man than Shrinking Man. Yeah, that's another lame thing. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand why they wouldn't have Beast Boy in the Titans show. They probably don't want any similarities to Teen Titans Go. And also, I think they probably don't have the budget for the effects unless they just start painting random animals green. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest wonder, my biggest wonder is what are they going to do with Oracle? They already have Felicity who is an Oracle ripoff. But you know what? I never really thought about that. She kind of is. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but new fans will say that Oracle is the ripoff since they might not know the old slash better co- continuity. And also, they better not do the I can't be with you because I'm in a wheelchair routine because that will be lame. You know they're not going to resist the will they won't they relationship with Jake and Barb. Uh, That's going to be the one drawback on Titans, I know it. (laughs) But he says, uh, wow, wow, I seem a bit ranty today. So let me lighten it up. In your food section of the last episode, you talked about Kentucky Fried Chicken. Do you call it KFC? Yes, we do. Yep. (laughs) That's what it was shortened to over here. Also, do they have a really gross burger that no that has no bun but two pieces of chicken acting <laughs> as the bun? Yes, they do. <laughs> it looks like a it looks like a heart attack await, waiting to happen. I'm pretty sure we don't have Taco Bell over here, but how is it not Mexican? Okay, here's the thing, Mike. I did I did a little bit of research on Taco Bell. 
<laughs> I feel like a real loser for doing it. But <laughs> uh, Taco Bell, yeah, it's an American company that uh, tried to uh, bring Taco Bell to Australia. Now, here's the thing. This guy had – oh, for, for one thing, it wasn't very popular in Australia. Two, um, this guy had – a restaurant called like Taco Taco Bell's Tacos or something like that. It had nothing to do with Taco Bell, but he launched a lawsuit against Taco Bell. Won, and um, uh, Taco Bell had to remove some of their stores. So what they did instead is they put it in KFCs. So really? it was a KFC Taco Bell combination. <laughs> but then after that, Taco Bell just kind of disappeared after that in Australia. Uh, and so now all the people there have to suffer without Taco Bell. I know. How 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 can you Australians live your life without Taco Bell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> well, thanks for enlightening us, Dane, on the history of yeah. Australian Taco Bell. I did not know any of that. <laughs> well, now you know, and uh, and I'm dead. Knowledge is power. Yeah. <laughs> But he says, I'm pretty sure we don't have Taco Bell over here, but how is it not Mexican? Is the American idea of Mexican food like Outback Steakhouse is the Aussie idea? I have a suggestion for the next year's podcast name. Bad, bad fans versus food. <laughs> we'll put that right under uh, bad fans, troubled nostrils. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, Mike, uh, Taco Bell is just made by Americans. Uh and it's supposed to be like Mexican food, just like Outback Steakhouse is the Aussie idea. And you can really tell said. the difference between real Mexican food and Taco Bell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Conan, uh, Conan O'Brien has a really good. Uh, he, he he goes to the Taco Bell headquarters, yeah. and it's really really funny. And you can kind of see where where that sort of oh we're a Mexican company but we're in America kind of <laughs> idea comes from. Do you um, see that? Uh, uh, I think that's the Diamondbacks who are doing it for at their stadium. This new like churro hot dog they're going oh, to yeah. serve me. Like oh man, a, a churro in the butt of a hot dog <laughs> on top of like ice cream sundae and some type of topping. I forget what if it was like uh, some type like, of yeah syrup or something. Like it wasn't chocolate syrup, but it was like something like that. But it did not look good. <laughs> yeah. Looks like as Mike put it, a heart attack waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I don't get when people eat that type of stuff because it does not look appetizing. And it's probably it's expensive. Food. Yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, but Mike goes on to say, as for your Australia trivia, we do drive opposite to America or America is opposite to the rest of the world. So we drive on the left. Right turns are mostly at signals. So, so is there a right turn on red? I would think not. Because if it's opposite, we don't have. Yeah, yeah, cause, yeah. Because because you, you have to go like. Man, this why is this so complicated? <laughs> we just or, have to go down and find out for ourselves. Or is there a left turn on red? Because they drive on the opposite mm. side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if it's a right turn, you would have to cross traffic to get yeah, there. Yeah, I think like you said, you definitely need the signal for that. So. I wouldn't think there is a right turn on red. Yeah, but do you get an arrow? Is I mean, is it like a, is it like a right turn on an arrow? 
or do you have to like just take your chances? <laughs> yes, we should take your chances. Like you have the green, but they're still. Tri- it's not where you have to heal. I mean, that's like that when we do left turns. Like you don't always have an arrow, but you have to wait for the track of it to be clear to make it. Yeah, left. the traffic coming towards you to yeah. make the right turn or left turn. Yeah, you know what? I gotta go to Australia and drive. Yeah, you know? <laughs> we'll we'll fail the driving test there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pedals are standard, but you do have the indicate. But but do you have the indicator on the left or right? Most standard setup here. The most standard setup here is indicator right, and wipers on the left. You see, it's the opposite here. The wipers are on the on the right side, and the indicator is on the left. Mm. Unless it's a import, which can be the European way, which is the other way around. Because difference, biggest difference is the seasons so when you see a trailer or game release that says summer we have to check the actual date because it's our winter yeah that must get annoying <laughs> yeah i know because all the coming big game this winter not over here yeah <laughs> they're coming this winter the new star wars movie but it's, it's summer summer also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that'd As be bad all. if it was the australian winter because that means they'd have to wait even longer yeah yeah as for all the deadly animals, yeah, there's quite a lot, but it's not like we live day to day with the threat of being killed. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But we do. <laughs> but we do get a lot of spiders, and we get the occasional snake in the suburbs. You know, Mike, I was watching this Australian TV show. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was called uh, Secrets and Lies, and uh, it takes place in the suburbs, and um, or some kind of suburbs. I'm not sure where it is, but. It reminds me of a lot. It reminds me of my parents' house, like the street my parents, my parents' house is on, where I grew up. I just thought that was odd because it's like it's like a whole another country, but it looks almost exactly the same. Maybe it's because we're the we're both in the Pacific. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's where they film it. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that. But, uh, the biggest problem is the cane toads, but there's nothing. But they're nothing. But they're nothing. A good golf club or a cricket bat can't handle. <laughs> wow, you gotta be nice to the toads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing over here. We have uh, bullfrogs. Those freaking annoying frogs that don't shut up. <laughs> yeah, you were telling me stories about those ones in your area where you where you lived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, it doesn't help. My parents live right by a a, a river or a stream. He said they got a lot of geckos too, didn't he? Yeah, geckos, uh, toads, uh, termites, uh, uh, ants. So like every every couple of years, my parents have to um, uh, fumigate their house oh, man, because it's, so, it's like infested yeah. with. Uh, I mean, not their house, just the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. And even like termites can't stop it. Oh man! <laughs> so they have to get like their house fumigated. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's that's fumigation in Hawaii or uh, uh, pest problems. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, big, big problem. Cane handle. Okay. Uh, koalas, on the other hand, are really. Hold on, one second. Oh, we got a new follower. <laughs> oh, nice. That's a good good Frank, to have. Frank Ramblings. Whatever that is. I just um, got the notification on my phone too. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, koalas, on the other hand, are really something to avoid in the wild. They are really angry, and they have something that, if scratched, makes you really sick and can affect you for the rest of your life. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Really? Those koala bears aren't as uh, nice and peaceful as I thought they were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they look all cuddly. So, so I guess you can't really have one for a pet. I would think not now. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, yeah, like I never knew pet. if they were like could be domesticated or not. If that was something anyone in Australia ever had like koala bear pets, kind of like how uh, over here they don't encourage anyone to have monkeys as pets, but yet people still yeah. do. I wonder if that's like that one for koalas, or even like poisonous snakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking like if you're gonna keep a koala as a as a pet, you're gonna have to keep it like in a cage for the rest of its life. Mm. And. Kind of like a poisonous snake, like a rattlesnake or something. Yeah, you wouldn't want to keep it in a cage forever. So yeah, <laughs> I know. That one. <laughs> uh, the ones in the zoos are okay, so don't freak out if you see one there. But always be on the lookout for drop bears. What's a drop bear? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's a specific term for a type of koala well, bear, or and maybe they like they attack you from the air. <laughs> <laughs> they parachute out of planes and they attack you. <laughs> But he says, uh, P.S. Star Wars Rebels is awesome, and the season finale has made me 100% confident that Disney is doing the right thing with the franchise. You see, I wish I could be as positive as, as you and Mike are, because, I don't know, I just don't get it. I mean, it, it's like too too much for kids. No, you got to watch the season, towards the end of the season episode, they were amazing. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I was wrong about Clone Wars, so I'm probably wrong about Rebels. Yeah, it is more, I mean, it's hard to argue. It's more towards kids than Clone Wars was, but still, it was, I mean, it definitely got a little more serious in, like, the last four episodes, uh, especially the season finale. Uh, finally, I'm, I'm not complaining about a TV show. I'm going to be praising what <laughs> the Star Wars level season finale was awesome. Just big stuff happened there, which I think is going to make season two even way better than what season one is going to be, so I can't wait. <laughs> So if you don't want to see Rust of a Danger, see the last three episodes because they kind of make like a three-part story for the season finale. All right, I'll I'll give it another try, Tim. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, thank you, uh, thank you, uh, Zodiac slash uh, Mike. Uh, we really enjoy reading your your emails, and um, you know I've I found my uh, I mean I um I remembered my Facebook uh, password. And okay. <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's all Mike's friends that are my recommended friends. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like every, every, uh, was he every like, person that he friend, friends. Was he like the last person you accepted as a friend request? No, he's not my friend on Facebook. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing. That's weird, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well you found your password. You have to add him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I should add him. I'm trying to think. I don't know if... I know he's friends of the Bat Fans Facebook page. I don't know if he's actually on mine either. We'll have to we'll have to change that if not. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, thank you, Mark. I mean, I'm Mike. We uh, <laughs> we love you. No uh, no doubt about that, right, Tim? No doubt whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't uh, sound creepy. So now we can move on. Now we can move on to uh, to Mark's email. Mark T. Lemke. That's the one uh, problem with Mike and Mark sending emails at the same time. Sometimes we're going to get their names messed up on yeah. their emails. I mean, it's so close, that's why. Yeah. Uh, but Mark says, Hey guys, I really enjoyed the last show and your input on Marvel. 
better understanding the comic book movie market that DC than DC. What? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, despite DC having three to four co- iconic superheroes such as Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and several others, Marvel just has so many characters and have done a great job of getting them into the public sphere. I've been reading the Dark Tower series by Marvel, and it's fantastic. I read the Stephen King fantasy series when I was in high school and Marines. And uh, speaking of the Marines, uh, me and Mark were talking. Oh, well, I mean, the, the reason why I went to San Diego is because I knew somebody graduating from from the, uh, the boot camp from the Marines. And um, it was my, um, my girlfriend's nephew. And I am so Marined out. It's not even funny because... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the base is nice, you know, the Marines were nice, you know, and I didn't know the Marines took themselves so seriously, which isn't a bad thing, but, um, the problem was, is we get back to Hawaii and then he, he flies back like a day later and they lose his luggage, which has all of his Marine stuff in it. Right. Oh man. (laughs) I mean, he, he only has his civilian clothing and, uh, like his iPod and, you know, phone and wallet and stuff like that. And so I spent the next two days uh, going on base and finding every single thing that he needed. He's like all the – the Marines have like five uniforms. And it's weird. It's like they have the nice one. They have the tan one. They have, you know, the, the, the camis, the dark, the dark green ones and the, 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 the tan ones. And it's like, oh, my God, because he had to be inspected sure, yeah. like, d- down to his underwear. And so it's like, oh, my God. So, like, I went to the base, like, three or four times, and then we had to go to Pearl Harbor, that base, and then we had to go to the actual Marine base, and it's like, oh, my Man. God. Like, so many little pins and, like, like things for the hat. and. Uh. Did you find everything, though? Yeah, we did. We did in time. <laughs> well, at least it, was, uh, it got resolved. It wasn't, like, a waste of time where you didn't find a lot of the stuff. No, no, it's, it's, it's all good because – we had to rebuy everything, and get, guess what? Guess what happened after we we rebought everything? <laughs> no, don't tell me they found it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they found everything, and it's like, oh my god! And the amount of hats, man, the amount <laughs> of hats. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm all I'm all marined out. It's like exhausting, and I hope I never have to go on base again. You know, drive the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Dane, all these stuff that happens to you. <laughs> I know it's like incredible. It's like, oh. when, when are you just gonna get your own sitcom? I know. Maybe I should get my like a sitcom or a reality TV yeah. show. Or something. Because my life, oh. Dane. <laughs> oh my god! And the the dress blues, the 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 nice one with the white hat. It's like so many different like buttons and. I think that's like the coolest and, looking outfit, though. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. I mean, it looks really good. It really looks really nice, but he had to wear it because his girlfriend, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, his, to his girlfriend's prom, and it was like, ah, oh, Jesus. Like, you know what, just wear a, just wear a regular suit or something. <laughs> you don't have to wear it. Yeah, but you want to show how proud you probably is of being a Marine and all that, so. Yeah, and then, oh, my God, the haircut, too. And just like... Just go to like a regular barber. I'm sure they can do it, but no, he had to go to base to, to get the. Oh really? So he just goes to the base yeah. specifically just to get his haircut too. Yeah, because like all the time, or just like the, 
does he have a choice to go there? Like every time he needs Erica to go there, or is it he has to? No, no, no. Just to make because he wanted to be sure that they got it right. Uh-huh. So it was like, uh, I'm all marined out. I hope he's having fun right now in in California again, because <laughs> man, just buying all those. <laughs> <laughs> Buying all those like uniforms and making sure it's the right uniform, make sure make sure it fits good. Cause like the nice ones, they have to be skin tight. Uh. And it's like, ah. Uh. And then we forgot the like these long suspenders that hook to like the top of the shirt and goes all the way down to the socks. Did he give you a medal for helping them out? <laughs> Maybe I should have got one. No, but he he gave us his uh uh what is that called uh. That pin, uh, the the eagle globe and anchor, the marine, uh, okay, uh, pin. So I was like, oh. <laughs> at least he appreciated your help and gave you something. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was appreciative. So uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. you know about the marines. Uh, he says, yeah, a great series, and I highly rec- recommend them to people. The comic slash graphic novels fill in gaps from the books, and they really deliver. I think one of you guys mentioned you read Man Without Fear recently. That was my friend, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My friend lent it to me a while ago, and I finally read the comic. It's great, and I'm sure excited for the series. I just got Daredevil, Yellow, and Born Again. The new image of Aquaman is great, and I think it will help DC get their product out into mainstream America. I'm really excited to see how Cyborg looks. Anyways, I'm almost done with Nightfall, uh, King's Quest. Or Night's Night Quest, <laughs> and it's, and it's I really remember good. that being part of Nightfall. <laughs> Even though Jean-Paul Valley is driving me crazy. Also, the Arkham Knight trailer was sick. I can't wait, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it could be Jean-Paul Valley, Jean-Paul Valley. Uh, but I'm really, but I'm probably wrong. I would be shocked if it's Jean-Paul Valley. <laughs> yeah. I just, for me as a character, he had his time during Nightfall. I just don't think he's he's kind of like forgotten now. I don't know if Rocksteady would want to use them for that to be like the big reveal but it would be interesting if that's the case but i don't think so i mean we were talking about it on twitter who we think arkham knight's going to be and i'm still leaning towards the possibility somehow some way it's going to be the joker i just have a feeling they're not going to end his story in arkham city so he's going to be back in arkham knight and maybe he won't be the arkham knight but even though i think that's a possibility he's going to show up some way yeah i think i mean i'm still holding out hope that it's going to be gorilla grod <laughs> um, might be the only person in this world that thinks that, but that's all right because I'm original. <laughs> Maybe Gorilla Grodd is controlling him, but <laughs> whoever said that costume. Uh, or that what just, if it's Alfred? What uh, if it's Alfred? That's like Bruce's ultimate test. Wow, you know, wow, he just blew my mind right there. What if, yeah. <laughs> what if that suit he's able to, you know, fight? good and all this enhances everything he's able to pose as a threat oh man talk about going a dark way with the story (laughs) wow dane (laughs) um but yeah uh, thank you mark um uh for your email and uh we love you (laughs) yes (laughs) i'm still thinking about that alfred man (laughs) you still can't get over that no See, I'm just blowing your mind. I, I and I gotta, I'll be giving you major props if that ends up happening. <laughs> uh, so, so why don't you read Corbin Dallas Bull's uh, email? 
Yes, Dor- Corbin's continuing with his sequel to the Dark Knight trilogy. But he says, I can't believe I didn't finish my thought the last email. That was embarrassing. I guess that's what I get for doing my email while at work. We did never know what you're trying to say on that last one in the beginning, Corbin. <laughs> Anyways, I don't have much time before you guys start recording, so I'll get right to it. The next art in the Dark Knight universe would be Black Mirror. Uh, but he says, Penguin and Black Mass are at war bringing in organized crime back since Joker's death with Deadshot working for the Penguin. A war is brewing, also between the Order of St. Dumas and the League of Shadows, with Shiva and Deathstroke at the helm. They also have Damien. This way, we get the feud between Deathstroke and Dick Grayson. In short, Damien ends up joining Dick instead, after having a talk with his father in the Batcave. Batman ends up stopping the war between the feuding terrorists, as well as the rival gangs. Deadshot is put away. After this, Batman has to deal with James Gordon Jr., who is revealed to be Black Mask, a dark reflection of Dick Grayson. Tim Drake is becoming more involved in running Wayne Enterprises. Maggie Sawyer is still the police commissioner. The government has gotten involved and has created a suicide squad comprised of Deadshot, Harley Quinn, Clayface, and Jason Todd, who are all being blackmailed in one form or another. Of course, Jason says was fake, so he is the spy in the group. This always, or this allows us to have some fun crossover stuff, as well as broaden the universe. Jason's role is similar to Dick in the current Grayson series. I feel like it suits him more. So I know it's not as detailed as the others, but I just wanted to get through as much as possible. Love you guys. P.S. That's how the Batman vs. Darth Vader would have really gone down. <laughs> He's talking about the alternate ending version of the Batman vs. Darth Vader video, which was awesome. I actually might prefer this ending better. It was really cool how it all wrapped up. But um, as far as your new synopsis for the Dark Knight universe, Corbin, I kind of like what you're going with uh, James, Gordon, James Gordon Jr. being Black Mask, being the dark reflective dick, kind of in a similar way to what Scott Snyder did in Black Mirror. That sounds pretty cool. But when you mentioned the Jason being the like double agent spy of the Suicide group and comparing it to the current Grayson series, like uh, I don't know about that because that whole Grayson synopsis has left a bad taste in my mouth. Well, I don't know if I want to see that be brought onto another Batman character in this story. So. I don't know about that one. It, again, it's one of those things where, yeah, I keep hearing Grayson's really, really good, but I just can't get past that concept and what happened. So uh, it's probably my own fault, but that doesn't get me too excited. So <laughs> I believe that was what part three or part four of your story, Corbin. I think I lost track since the last since the last email was uh, uh, took a break from it. But either way, still cool to get your ideas for how the Dark Knight trilogy can continue in comic book form, maybe one day. <laughs> So with that, I think that's going to conclude our email section and conversation with Alex. Yes, it will. And you know what we forgot to talk about? What did we forget? Supergirl. Oh, yeah, that's right. So just their yeah. picture just got released yesterday. And yeah, I and, uh, great. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're kind of going with the Man of Steel uh, mesh. And, of suit. course, that got backlash. <laughs> I was like, really? I heard complaints that it's too dark. Oh, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. But, um, yeah, wh- what did you think about it? Yeah, I mean, it's, first of all, I wasn't sure if she was going to get a costume in this series. <laughs> I was thinking maybe it's going to lead up to that and start off where she's just accepting her powers, kind of learning how to use them, and then eventually she'll get the costume. But it looks like they're going to go straight into it where she's going to have her, her superhero suit. So it reminds me, too, a lot of how in Justice League Unlimited, uh, when Supergirl was in towards the end of that series she got a new costume which reminds me a lot of how this one looks and i think it looks cool and i don't mind it being too dark or the tone being too dark or whatever like man of steel because i liked how that looked and i think this one looks just as good so yeah i'm all on board for it 
I think the actress looks good as Supergirl too. And I remember I was worried about her when she was cast where she wasn't a natural blonde enough. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I, I, I knew that was going to be one of the arguments. She, she, she's not blonde enough. I know, as always. <laughs> but I mean, she could dye her hair. Exactly. I mean, they make blonde hair dye, but but I like her hair. <laughs> that's the first thing. That's the first time that a guy's ever said that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I like how they're not going with the full platinum blonde kind of look. Yeah. So, yeah. Because uh, I was also, I think, I forget where I saw this at, but I remember, I think, some uh, were wondering if, like, was kind of how she wore that outfit in Superman the Animated Series it was like a real short, like, the t shirt, like a white t shirt with kind of like the uh, black lining on the sleeves, those type of t shirts. And then, of course, there's going to get complaints where people were kind of expecting that, saying, oh, she's not showing enough skin in this costume. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> She's not showing up skin. Yes. <laughs> what, it, like the suit isn't tight enough? or? Uh, you know, sometimes these fanboys can be like, uh, <laughs> they just want the eye candy. Oh, they want her naked. Yeah, pretty much. That'd be their <laughs> ideal. Naked with a cape, probably. <laughs> like, see, I'm looking at it. She, she looks fine. She has the skirt. Yeah. She um, looks like, you know what she looks like? She looks like Supergirl. <laughs> what she's supposed yeah. to look like. <laughs> Or it, it kind of reminds me of uh, Wonder Woman, like the bottom half. Uh, I can see that a little bit, kind of how her skirt was. Yeah, yeah, the skirt, the sort of high heels. Mm, I can see that a little bit. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> it's a positive regardless, I think. <laughs> uh, people are complaining that she's not naked yeah. in K-pop. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that show is good. I'm, I'm sure it'll it'll be good. Yeah, I just hope they don't shy away from using uh, or mentioning Superman because if she has that costume, you know Superman <laughs> has a big influence on her. So I don't want them to shy yeah. away from mentioning him. Yeah. So anyway, um, we can move on to our comic book reviews, and as we like to say at the beginning of every comic book review section, it's going to have a lot of spoilers. So if you haven't read your books yet, you might want to come back to this part later. And uh, for this episode, we're, we're going to be reviewing Arkham Matter number 5, Batman Robin number 39, and Batman number 39. Um, and our rating scale is going to be uh, people that want... I was thinking, how about uh, uh, food items on menus, or heart attack food items on menus, or stuff like that? <laughs> how about... Uh, number of times Dane had to go to the marine base. Okay, let's go with that. No, I, I wanted to do the food thing, but I couldn't say it. <laughs> Jumble the words together to make it sense of it, so we'll go with Dane at the marine base. <laughs> okay. Okay, Archimander number five. If you remember from the last two issues where I reviewed this book, I haven't been a big fan of it. I thought it dipped dramatically in its quality. And there's only one issue left after this. And this one, I think was more enjoyable than the last two, because basically it's just Batman fighting this guy who's murdering the Arkham inmates, and it was a pretty cool fight sequence. And the artwork in this title, for the most part, by uh, Sean Crystal, it's been hit or miss, but this one, uh, it's, it was a hit. I really liked how the art was laid out in this one in the panels and the fight sequence where Batman took down this guy. It was, it was like a construction worker helmet and construction worker like outfit, 
and it's like this big old beer that he has. <laughs> so Batman took him out in a pretty cool fight sequence. And this guy, typical, as you would expect any Arkham inmate to do, who's crazy. He Batman needs information from him, but he won't talk. So what does he do? He bites off his tongues and he spits it out and it falls into the snow, <laughs> which was a little weird to see. But there, at the end of the fight, there was a really cool panel that I really like where Batman knocks him out the window, like one of the high stories of Arkham Manor. And there's snow on the ground, so you don't have to worry about dying. But there's this great splash page where you see Batman flying out of the manor and like you see the silhouettes of different inmates in the windows of Arkham Manor slash Wayne Manor that looked really cool. That was like probably my favorite page out of the whole issue. So that's, what I liked about it was pretty much a cool fight sequence because the story didn't progress that much and it pretty much resolved the murder, so that were, murders that were going on in Arkham because Batman apprehended the suspect. But then uh, we find out that there's still a few inmates who were still not who escaped during this whole uh, situation that was going on with the murders. The guy named uh, Wickham, who we saw in like issue two or three, who's uh, kind of made his escape and he was like being brought in an ambulance and he took over and crashed into like a hospital I believe <laughs> I don't remember the exact details but he's on the run and he's someone that kind of been setting up in the earlier issues but we really didn't know where he's going to fit in and even though the issue ends with Batman going after him we still don't know what his role is going to play because it just the last page of the issue is that he went back to his family and it looks like he murdered them and now Batman's going to have to try to find them but I still don't know how this uh, this character Wickman revolves around what's the actual story of Arkham Manor because he escaped and now but Batman already caught the killer who was the main thrust of the plot of Arkham Manor why Batman was investigating so he stopped that so maybe this Wickman guy is going to be like the master planner behind it or it'll be revealed he caused all the murders so we'll find out on the last issue see how it all plays out but I just hope it doesn't seem like it's like a epilogue type issue where it has nothing to do with the actual Arkham Manor case of the murders. And this is like a side story that Batman has to wrap up and it won't pretty much have anything to do with what happened with the murder suspect in Arkham Manor. So we'll see where that goes. There's only one issue left. And again, I'll have to bring out the negative. Mr. Freeze again is being written horribly in this issue. He's like a comic relief. There's a section where Batman's ready to leave in the Batmobile and Gotham snowing. And then you see Mr. Freeze, uh, throwing a snowball at the Batmobile with a smile on his face. Like, that is not the Mr. Freeze <laughs> I know and love that we've read about in the past. It's just not a version of the character I like to see. So that's still a knock on the book. But overall, it was more enjoyable because of the cool uh, fight sequence and the artwork. So I'm going to give this one three out of five teams. Uh, teams. Three out of five times Dane had to go back to the Marine base. <laughs> <laughs> Complaining about not being able to say my food rating skill. I can't even say the easier one with Dane going back to the Marine base. <laughs> Dane going back to the Marine base. Yes. And uh, times, not tames. So i got to remember that. Tames. You're just combining two words. I know. <laughs> uh, okay. Batman and Robin number 39. And I said the tweet out about this after I read this issue where I was skeptical about Damien getting superpowers and being like a little Superman at first. But like three issues in now, I'm all on board with it because this is becoming a lot of fun to read. Just seeing Damien use his powers to take down like the criminals in Gotham who aren't used to this, uh, like having a superpower being there because it starts off with him taking Penguin, Croc, and some other villains. Like he puts them in a group together and just like carries them out, like tied up and flies them all the way high up into the sky to a point where they're almost like 
going into Earth's atmosphere where it's going to become hard to breathe for them and the temperature is dropping. So, like, Damon's telling them, like, to spread the word about him where, like, this is what I'm going to do from now on. It's like, I'm stepping the, my game up when it comes to criminals in Gotham. So it's basically just a warning, but as he's trying to bring him down, his powers slip a little bit and he loses the rope and he drops the criminals and Batman comes in with his Batwing to save him and is like... like we need to talk now. <laughs> then we get this funny sequence where Bat- Alfred makes Damien and Bruce talk out the situation on a fishing trip, which <laughs> both Damien and Batman don't want to be there. Like Dame- Batman is trying to tell Damien about his powers, how you got to pretty much not rely on them because of situations like where just happened, where people can get hurt when he doesn't mean to with those powers. So, uh, but they both don't want to be there. And this fun dialogue is saying how Alfred made him do it. And then, Damien just goes, okay, we're going back now after we catch one fish, and there's this great panel where he has Batman stuck in the boat, but Damien's flying it with the boat in his hand, bringing him back to Alfred, and Alfred just has like this shocked look on his face. So there's fun moments like that, and then we get another moment where Batman has Damien uh, take out this group of guys who like stole a military tank, but Batman tells uh, Damien to, okay, you take him back to commissioner gordon and i'll catch up with you later so damien does that but at the same time he still wants to send the warning out to the criminals of gotham he does a cool thing where he just lifts up the bat signal and starts shining it out on the streets of gotham there's like all these like criminals on the streets are just like shining the lights letting them know like what's going on and how like if anyone's still gonna like hurt innocent people like well i'm around this is what you have to look forward to and just i just love how he's using the bat symbol as like the way to show himself to the criminals on Gotham, just so over the top, but it just makes sense that for something Damien would do. But then the coolest part of the issue, I think, is Batman takes him to the Watchtower to meet up with the Justice League. And as Batman and Superman are going over uh, a plan for a, a situation that happened uh, that happened in Japan, I believe. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Is it Japan? Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, uh, But as Batman and Superman are going over the plan, Damien's having a conversation with Shazam, you know, Shazam's a little kid and just like saying, kind of trying to relate to him. Like, boy, like, I wish I could have like my powers and yet still be a kid. And Damien's just like giving him the cold show and not really paying attention. I was like, yeah, I bet you do. And I was like, yeah, that would be awesome if you could have powers. Just, I just love the way Damien's treating Shazam is kind of like trying to be like bond with them being kids. But Damien is like, in his mind anyway, so much mature than what Shazam or Billy Batson would be in the stuff that he's been through in life. So just the fun interactions that Damien's not only having with Bruce, Alfred, but now with Shazam and with the Justice League because how the issue ends, Damien or Batman tells Superman and Damien that he's coming with them on this mission. So to have pretty much three super-powered beings in this group with Shazam, Superman, and Damien with Batman, it's going to be fun to read in the next issue, which... I believe is going to be the last one for Batman and Robin because after that it's Convergence and then it goes to Damien's Son of Batman or Robin's Son of Batman. I forget the exact title, but this is going to be it. One more issue of Batman and Robin. So I think it's going to end on a good note because I've been loving uh, the stories with Damien with superpowers so far. So this was another good one. So I'm going to give it four out of five times Dane had to go back to the Marines base. There you go. <laughs> yes, there you go. I said it right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now for the big one, Batman 39. Again, it's, I'm just going to say right off the bat, another awesome issue into Endgame. I'm loving it. So I'll just get the one negative thing I have out of the way for it. The last issue ended on the cliffhanger with Batman going to the Court of Owls, asking for help and what they know about the Joker. And that really didn't amount to much. It was really just 
the kind of a way to show the court of vows again now they're not going to help batman out and they're kind of mocking him in a way and then batman's like had enough of this and he just like put the battering on a model city of gotham that they have hanging over their ceiling until kind of knocks it down just to have all the members of the court house scary like scary off in fear but then batman ends up facing a talon it's a pretty cool design from the other talents who we've seen before kind of like a grim reaper look with a scythe almost like scarecrow in a way then batman realize that he's actually one of the first talents they use many years ago so he asked him like what do you know about the joker like in this pale man like is what he says is true but scott snyder doesn't answer that he just the last panel was batman like asking is it true and then we don't get an answer to that we don't get anything else with the talent it just goes back to what's happening in gossip now so a little bit of a tease which i know will get wrapped up in the last part uh, later this month but overall i thought the court of owls there was a little disappointing because i thought they might have helped out batman in a way kind of reluctantly working together to stop joker but something else happens that's kind of like that which i'll get into later which kind of makes up for it but i love the way this issue started out with batman kind of narrating how he knows the villains have a pact that if he was ever defeated and if he dies in any way they would all get together onto the gotham uh city police station with the bat signal and then they would shine it up but it would be upside down in kind of a way to show that batman has been defeated and in a strange way to commemorate batman's death (laughs) so i do like that aspect where the villains have the special pact if batman was ever to go down and that plays into later where batman gets involved with some other villains of gotham but before we get there we get this moment where batman knows he has to get the uh, formula or stuff he needs to f- create a formula to stop Joker's toxin. But as he's doing this, Joker makes his way into the Batcave. And we're wondering why he's there, but he goes because the Red Hood uh, display Batman has. And as he's looking at it, a bunch of shotgun shells get shot, blasted, like through his face and back. And then you see Alfred with a shotgun, like, like, so, like, you're not welcome here and to get out. But I mean, but the whole thing of Joker possibly being immortal, he survived the shots, and we just get this gruesome image of Joker actually slicing off Alfred's hand. It was like, oh man, <laughs> like, no, you don't want to see Alfred like that. <laughs> I mean, remember during Death of the Family, he was being speculated like Alfred could be the one to die, and even though he didn't, out Joker still messed him up pretty bad. And then with Batman Eternal, with what Hush did to him, like filling his head with Joker toxin. I mean, Scarecrow Toxin, and then now Joker severing his hand. It's like, man, Alfred's been through a lot this last few years or so in the Batman world. So, but this one's going to have like like big physical effects on him. I mean, losing your hand. I mean, uh, this is kind of painful to see Alfred like that, honestly. But as we find out why Joker was still in, or in the Batcave, it's pretty much taking all of Batman's memorabilia, like the T-Rex, the Joker card, his Red Hood outfit, a Batmobile. And what was cool, it's all because he's going to throw a parade, which was a pretty cool nod to Batman 1989 with Joker and the parade that he had there. Though he didn't have uh, piles of money flying out, and, but he did have plenty of balloons that looked like it. And just certain shots of him sitting down kind of reminded me of the shots we saw Jack Nicholson's Joker sitting on the floats and uh, ready to cause mayhem with his Joker gas. So Batman knows Joker's doing this, and the thing he has to get, he has to get fluid from Joker's spine so he knows that will help create the antidote to stop the toxin that he's about to unleash. But it's going to be a big mob there. They're all filled with Joker toxin. And he has help from the Bat family members, Red Hood, Red Robin, Batgirl, and Bluebird, but he's going to need more help. 
So this is where the whole thing with the uh, upside down bats and bat signal pack the villains had got them to play because we see that upside down bat signal light shining in Gotham City sky, and we see all the Batman villains, well not all of them, but a good portion of them at Gotham City Police Station with Batman there, kind of recruiting them for help. You got Penguin, Scarecrow, Bane, Killer Croc, Mr. Freeze, good Mr. Freeze, not like an Arkham Manor, <laughs> Poison Ivy, and Clayface, and Batman's all saying, look, we know like the history we have, but Joker is like doing something bigger than what any like one of you guys would do to the city. And this is our city too. Like pretty much this is your city too. So if you wanna help like have a partner to have it last, you're gonna help me take down the Joker. And I could maybe see maybe not some this type of story not flying with some people with Batman teaming up as villains or villains even teaming up with Batman, how Joker is supposedly one of them. But I actually like it because it elevates Joker to like another high level of villain status where he goes against Batman's normal rogues gallery. Like he's another level above them where it's just all of them put together don't match to like the evil he can bring on Gotham City. So I kind of like that. Even though sometimes he does team up with other members of Batman's rogues gallery, he really is at another level than they are. And when he does something this extreme, they will even work together to try to take him down. So I like that. So Batman puts his plan into motion. Everyone's fighting the mob so Batman can get to Joker and the issue descends with Joker saying, and now, friends, for my best trick of all, and that's it. <laughs> but the backup story of the issue was really cool, too. This kind of wraps up the story with those inmates of Arkham telling their different origin stories of the Joker and who they think he is, and then of the Arkham doctor who they've been telling the story to, who they kidnapped. But what's cool here is that uh, this kind of threw me for a bit when I was reading it, where she's telling them, no, I know exactly what joker's origin story is so i'm like oh so are we going to get the reveal here as to what his story is but she just says no he's actually just like a, a problem child named william distal he was like four years old his sister went missing his parents like uh, were so frightened that they abandoned him he went to orphanages orphanages yeah, see again i can't talk orphanages <laughs> <laughs> orphanages yeah <laughs> there you go. it's a tongue twister and then like being like a troubled kid bullied and like being a bully so it's pretty much a troubled kid who's gone bad and became the joker but they're saying no that's not true like you can't be wrong is they kind of scare her off into this room and what it's revealed is that she was actually writing a book like kind of like the tell-all secret truth about the joker and she was writing it with um eric border who we know is that arkham inmate who was actually the joker but she doesn't know that so she hears his voice. It's like, oh, thank goodness you're here. Like they were like trying to kill me. They were gonna kill me, telling me all these histories with the Joker. But you and me know the truth because we work on it together. But then he starts laughing, and she realizes, no, it's the Joker. And he's all, no, like I, I did that to mess with you too. And like, but she's like, no, I had like all the facts from different orphanages and like uh, schools and stuff that verified the stories. Like, no, like I paid those people off to like fabricate this whole story to do this, to create this false origin of for myself to have you believe that. It was like, so she's in shock. She can't believe it. And so the whole point of this was Joker kidnapped her to say like, one of these stories of his is true that these Arca inmates were telling and which we read in the past backups. But those who aren't true, they're all going to get shot and killed. And he leaves that to the doctor to do. So it's like up to her to decide like which one she believes is the true origin story. Now that she doesn't know what to believe anymore. So she's all, well, what if I don't believe any of them? He goes, well, here's another bullet so you can kill them all just in case. And so as they're trying to barge their way in, Joker makes his escape and we see them come in at the last panel. It's like, you see like 
the bullet uh, symbol on the page, like blam, 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 showing that she shot about six rounds. So it makes you believe that she killed all those Arkham inmates, not believing any of their stories, or just to save her life because they were breaking into the room she was in probably to kill her. So I thought that was a cool twist on Joker just messing up with another person and believing they figured out his story when in fact they don't know anything about him and just how he messes with people. So it was a fun backup story, I would say, to kind of get these different twisted versions of what people think of Joker's origin is when the whole thrust of Batman Endgame is to kind of create mystery as if what Joker's origin story is true for what he's saying about being immoral, immortal and living through Gotham for many years. So this adds that whole thing that Joker does. You know, that's another thing in the backup. He made the comment where it's not really multiple choice, kind of arcing back to his line in The Killing Joke, but he goes, I like to think of it as like, choose your own adventure. And that kind of what it really was, where these different people who thought they had Joker's origin story pegged were just making up their own like adventures to what they think it would be. So a lot of good stuff in here. Batman Endgame has been awesome. Scott Snyder has been killing it with the story. Greg Capilla's art's been great. So yeah, I really can't wait to see how this is going to end. That's another thing. It's a, a, short, a perfect length of a story. Not too long, not too short, but about six parts, and they've all been great. So I'm expecting big things for this finale because Scott Snyder says pretty much everything's going to get resolved. There's not going to be really any open questions about it. He's going to create a definitive answer for his origin. So to see if it's going to be one that I'll agree with or not remains to be seen, but the story leading up to that has been awesome. So I'm going to give this one another five out of five. Dane uh, has been to the Marine base and I almost screwed that one up too. <laughs> but it's just so but, good. Uh, speaking of Scott Snyder and the Marine base, when I was on the on the base, I read uh, or reread the Court of Owls. Mm. That's a good story, man. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I remember our big criticism of it was the final issue with Bruce and his brother. Did that read any better for you, like a few years afterwards? Now, or is that still? Yeah, uh, it's yeah. The, the the sort of like uh, you're just gonna go into the water, and or it's gonna be a big mystery, and he's not gonna die. And, you know, just that part used to bother me, but now it's just like, oh, uh, I guess because I know it. Mm. Yeah, so I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> that's cool. Huh? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's all of our uh, comic book reviews, and that's all of our show. So thanks for listening to this podcast, and just go over to Batman Universe at the BatmanUniverse.net or on Facebook at facebook.com slash batfan. Batman Universe. <laughs> See, you're already starting to say like and we took it. over. <laughs> <laughs> and on uh, Twitter, and the Twitter handle is at Batman Universe. And you follow all of us on Twitter. You can follow Tim at TimG311. Yes, you said it. You said it right. <laughs> and you follow me at Dane Says Banana. And you can also rate and review us on iTunes, so go and do that. Um, it's really appreciated if you do that. Um, and you can rate and review all of the other Batman Universe podcasts. And if you would want us, if you want to send a, us an email like Mike or Mark or Alex or Corvin or some, well, sometimes Jake, I guess. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can email us at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And you can check out our Facebook page that nobody goes to at facebook.com slash batfanspodcast. <laughs> And you can follow us on Twitter and the Twitter handle is at BatFans27. So with that, goodbye everybody. We love you. Just remember, if, uh, if you're feeling alone, just remember, Tim and Dade love you. Right, Tim? You can count on it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, 
Uh, we'll see you guys later. Adios. <laughs> Adios. We keep it with the top of the... Broken counts are broken.